Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Yeah, I was kind of thinking for the pilot, why don't we just kind of talk about ourselves? Yeah. Or like, you know, obviously that. the why we're having a pod. I mean, everyone has a podcast these days, so like. Yeah, so that's, uh, I really do like the fact that we are real people, um, living real legit lives, uncompromising in our faith, but yet uh, free to just live and be who we are without any apologies. And I think that type of realness is uh, absent from today's church world and uh, Christianity as a whole. The the realness isn't there. It's a whole lot of uh, faking it so that they can be accepted by the masses. And, you know, I think one reason why you and I jail so much is the fact that neither one of us cares to be accepted by the masses. It's all about being our most authentic self. Correct. And I mean, also, I mean, I have two things. So one, I mean, yes, we're our, our most authentic selves and we could, you know, care less about other people because we, you know, we're raised and taught Christ's word and like God's teaching in the Bible. So it's funny to me that so many people who quote unquote say they're Christian don't look anything like the Bible or like it's so misconstrued. It's ridiculous. And it's, you know, it's horrible, but this is kind of my thing. So I have to do it. I mean, to play devil's advocate, you said, you know, we're able to be free. I would argue that a lot of conservative Christians and even, I mean, I have, conservative family members that are Christians, they would say to me, like, oh, you say fuck, or you drink whiskey, or you smoke a cigar, or you used to smoke cigarettes, or maybe every once in a while you slip in a cigarette, or, you know, like, you do these things, you watch rated R movies, like, all the the stuff that supposedly somewhere isn't in the Bible, but somehow makes you not Christian in today's American Christian society, they would say that you're not living free. That, you know, you, I mean, I don't know. I've heard several different things, but one was like, you know, the enemy's got a stronghold on you and, you know, your vision is skewed and you need to pray through, you know, like you shouldn't talk like that or fill your mind with that filth or, fill your body with those, you know, things. And I don't know. I feel like freedom as a Christian, I mean, what even is that anymore in this society that we live in, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, I would argue that the, uh, speaking of the society that we live in, the the fact is that uh, these quote unquote bondages are completely cultural. So, uh, like you said, you, you're not going to find them in the mm-hmm. Bible. Um, there's, you know, there there is no law against your speech. So, I mean, if you choose to drop f bombs in every other sentence, that's what you do. It doesn't 
uh, have any bearings on whether or not uh, you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It just doesn't. In fact, none of your behavior does. Um, but it's a decision and an act of your will to believe and to have faith. And that's what saves us, not the perfection. So even in the case of smoking or drinking, whatever the case may be, the fact is, is that uh, we're saved not by our performance, but by our faith. And until um, a true Christian accepts that fact, they are the ones that are truly bound. Preach it. <clears throat> I mean, I totally agree. Obviously, you know, we, part of the reason I think we're friends is because we see a lot of things certain ways. But um, similar, sure. similarly, well, similar, we see a lot of things uh -huh. the same way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, like, if you kind of want to talk about, like, how you grew up in the church, and then I could go, or vice versa, but... So, I mean, we can discuss how we uh, were brought up in church, um, and then let it more from there, I guess, just for the sake of uh, backstory. I mean, again, we don't have to. So, Maybe we just kind of let it happen organically as we go, you know? Sure. Leave some mystery. Well, let's answer the question. Who might be listening. Who are you? <laughs> Let's answer the question. Who are you? Who are you, Sean Lunt? Who are you? Oh, man. I'm a 31-year-old at the moment who grew up in church, not knowing his father from before I was even one. Uh, I'm a Floridian. My father was a Floridian. And I think his father was a Floridian. That technically makes me a Florida cracker, which is totally a thing. You have to have three generations <laughs> to make you a Florida wow. cracker, but anyway. Wow. But yeah, man. Uh, Just learn something new. I am a creative fellow. I love stories. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. I love trying to figure out stories as I'm watching or listening to them. Uh, I have traveled my whole life, so I've lived in a lot of different places. Uh, Things that don't change make me nervous and like I get an itch, you know. I can only live somewhere for about four or five years. I'm like, all right, on to the next thing, you know. But who I am, I mean, I, I'm nothing without Jesus. And whether that was shoved down my throat or put on a silver platter my entire life and at different times of my life, I might have had one or the other. <laughs> But yeah. I, for myself, came to a realization that I need Jesus, and he showed himself to me, and I accepted that. And I think that's who I am, man. I'm a married guy, newly married, and trying to figure out life as a husband, and how do I, you know, honor Christ and honor my wife and use the things that I feel like God so graciously gave me to do word word up that's good i don't know if it's good but it's just truth but who are you man yeah. who is michael hines that's good truth i am michael hines i tell you what man uh born and raised an army brat that was in the service so we moved around quite a bit first seven years of my Semper life Fi. uh 
Yeah, there you go. That's the Marines, but and, uh, I felt like I should say it. Well, yeah, well, close enough. <laughs> Army. <laughs> uh, but I uh, was born here in Detroit, came back to Detroit after traveling the world a few times uh, as a family, and uh, brought up, born and raised in church, born and raised in Detroit, born and raised in the church. Uh, and I don't have a, a a title, I guess, for light cracker, but <laughs> I, can't, I grew up in an all-black family. How's that? What do you call that? Uh, I believe you're called a Negro. There you go. <laughs> I I don't know what you call it, man. You just you grew up an American. <laughs> there you go. Born and raised in Detroit, Bill. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, product of Detroit public school system. Well, hang on a second. How old are you, though? Do you mind? Yeah. No, I don't mind. 35 years old. I'm 35. So I'm asking that for a reason, and I'm kind of sidetracking your whole, like, autobiography right now, but there's a point. Yeah. So... I started from the beginning. Huh? I said, yeah, I started from the beginning. So the Detroit movie just came out this year. And it kind of started and like was centralized around um, the Detroit riots of '66 and '67, correct? Yep. So were you Something alive like for any of that? Because I suck at that. <laughs> well, you're 31, and uh, I'm 35, so definitely not alive at that time. I was born in '82, baby. 80s babies. So no. Yeah, so I wasn't around uh, for those 60s riots, but uh, definitely you, you better believe that my whole childhood was shaped by it, though. Uh, both my parents were born in the 60s. So uh, if you look at those events that happened in the 60s, there was a, a, a landslide of cultural change that happened uh, just between... Uh, racial lines and obviously the way uh, a lot of black people see uh, the cops and all that stuff but that's a whole another story for another day so it is yeah but so uh, anyway born and raised in Detroit uh, at a time where uh, things were really good and uh, went to good schools and Detroit public schools were still good at that time and you know, they've struggled and rebounded since. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, growing up in church as well, uh, and especially with a military dad, got to learn a lot of good uh, work ethic and uh, discipline, stuff like that. Uh, but I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior at around age eight, somewhere around there. And I had the benefit of being part of a church that actually explained what that meant. It wasn't just uh, an emotional experience or uh, something that you went into because everybody else was doing it. Uh, but you know, we actually got the gospel message and understood that uh, we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and Jesus' blood is the only thing that's able to wash us clean. So I don't know, dude. I I felt God calling me to the ministry when I was a teenager, thirteen, fourteen years old. It's girl crazy at the same time, and trying to get into high school and and do good, and uh, 
I had so many conflicts going on, um, identity stuff going on, and just you know trying to make it up, make sense sure. of it all. Um, but you know, I, I preached my first sermon at fourteen, still not really knowing who I am. Um, but you know, after some time and some disappointments, some heartaches, some you know getting cheated on over and over again, and uh, crying about it so I was blue in the face. I actually had to grow some balls and grow up and, and discover the fact that uh, my worth and my, my validity as a person could only rest in the identity of Christ, not in my own. So who am I? I'm just a punk kid who, uh, who's learned that Jesus is everything and it has to be everything in order for me to be anything. Um, though that may sound a little cliche, um, I'm a man who loves God, loves his family, uh, loves his wife, loves his son, and uh, loves what he does. So I love using my voice. I'm a voiceover artist. I'm a vocal guy. I think I sound good. I hope I sound good. And um, I like I like hearing myself talk. Well, you sound full of yourself. Of <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. No, I mean, I gotta say, I'm not really gay. I'm like halfway gay sometimes, but like... You gotta you got a voice. Thank you. I actually hate my voice. I can't stand it. Oh, see, I beg the differ. I I think your voice is incredible. I so really I do. I do like freelance uh, videography and photography <clears throat> here in Illinois, where I reside. My new wife, because <laughs> I'm a newlywed, oh, yeah. and it's awesome. But I made this like little <laughs> promo video of like, hey. So my wife, Brooke, is a photographer, kind of on the side, and uh, so we kind of like joined forces, and it's like, well, you do the photography mainly, and I do the videography mainly, so let's do a thing together and, you know, push it. So I made this little video, and I was like, needing a voiceover, and I didn't want to take the time to like, work with you on it, so I just did it myself, and then I played it back, and I'm like, oh dear God, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, but happens. it's funny to hear other people be like, "Oh my God, was that you on that video you made? You sound so good!" And I'm like, "Okay, are you just saying that because you know who I am and you don't have the balls to be like, bro, your voice sucks?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Well, you know, they say that uh, everybody's voice is unique, right? And there's a voice for every product. Mm. So. Uh, it, it doesn't All right, matter. so what kind of product would I be sell? Good for something. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you uh, selling then? I don't know, dude. I, Freaking I, Magnum condoms? <laughs> when you're so large, <laughs> you need a tent to cover your penis. <laughs> Trojan triple XL. I like doing stuff, man, with my voice. I, I really do enjoy. Uh, I I just enjoy recording. I enjoy being behind a microphone. It's fun. It's my first passion. Uh, I can do it all day long, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. And you know, they they say that you know the you find something that you do that you really love. You'll never work a day yeah. in your life. Yeah, that's bullcrap. So I I still work for a living. True, man. I mean, I'm a freelancer, yeah. so I literally do the thing that I love to do, 
and it sucks yeah. about 80% of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just today I was emailing a client who is a total retard, and, like, it's just, it's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Stupid shit you deal with. But, hey, I get to do what I like, right? <clears throat> but it's kind of funny yeah. because, like, so I don't like my voice, and you love your voice, and, like, you love to talk, and, like, well, you don't love to talk, but, like, you love being behind a microphone. I don't really like being behind a microphone. I just think I might have opinions and beliefs and be able to see things from different angles, and, like, I want to share that, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. So, like, that's what sure. I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about joining conversations that are happening and piggybacking on stuff and, you know, challenging stuff and just being a freaking human in 2018 in America who has the capability to record his voice and share it to the millions of followers we're going to have. Absolutely. I feel you there, brother. I, you know, for me, I'm a complete introvert and... And you know this, Sean, but I, there, there's most of the time I don't care to talk to anybody, but it's exhausting uh, to, to actually engage in conversations with people. Yeah, but, after this podcast, uh, you're going to have to go, like, be a hermit. <laughs> no, actually. So, so I, I've learned to be um, a little bit more balanced over the years. Uh, so I, I understand that I am an introvert. Therefore, I know that... I know how to turn it on for a small group of people, a couple people here and there. It's not exhausting. I'm able to contribute. I'm able to be sociable, to be funny, to laugh at jokes and, and be open and honest and on and on and on. Put me in a party though, where there's 30 people and I have to do the same thing. I am exhausted for a week after that. So what it comes down to is the way that, uh, we charge our batteries, our social batteries, if you will. So for introverts, they do it alone or in the company of one or two people that they trust. For an extrovert, they charge their batteries being in a big crowd or being with, you know, more people. You know, maybe being in the company of one person, like my wife, who's a complete extrovert. If it's just one person, she can be exhausted. Or if she's alone... And there's nobody around that's extremely exhausting for her. Uh, so, like, we just had a party over here at the house uh, a couple weeks ago. And I don't know, they had to be about 12 people here. And uh, it was like a whole weekend just full of stuff. It's like started Thursday, we were social. Started, then Friday came and we, you know, had, had another social thing. And then Saturday we had the party at the house. By Sunday, I was so sick (laughs) of seeing people, shaking hands, meeting new people. I was so sick of it. It took me a week to come out of a funk. She's like loving life. Because I just really needed to recharge. Dude, it was like, uh, leave me alone. I'm sitting outside by myself having a cigar, sitting at a fire. Don't talk to me. Uh, But you get to know yourself. You know your limitations. Then you're able to, you know, be better for other people. You know, so I know how to better serve my wife because I'm able to understand myself and the way that I tick, the way that I work, what I need and what I don't, and when I need it and when I don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need to know when you need it and when you don't need it. 
I, I'm with Damn. you. I'm rolling right there. See, I'm kind of weird because I'm both extroverted and introverted. Like, I'm almost 50-50. Like, when you take, I forget what those tests are called, but, like, <clears throat> I think the new one now is, like, the Enneagram, which I haven't done, so whatever, but. Yeah, but you're talking, like, um, not necessarily personality, but temperament testing. Uh, the Enneagram? Yes. I honestly don't know too much about it. Uh, Do you? I just know everyone's we'll doing it. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sure, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if that's exactly what it's called, but it's something like that. Um, that I've read several books on temperament uh, theory and personality disorders and functioning and all of that stuff. Um, those tests actually are, they tend to be as accurate as you're willing to be honest. And that's not something that most people tell you. Most people suck. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, my point in this whole thing is, like, I'm super both sides of the spectrum. So, like, I can hang out with tons of people and be energized. But then there comes a point where it's like, all right, this, like, now I'm taxed and I'm spent and I just need to, like, be alone or be, like, with one or two sure. people, you know? Sure. And yeah. then there's, like, times where it's, like, I've been alone and I've recharged and now I'm going crazy because I need people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, understood. So it's kind of weird for me because yeah. it's not like, oh, like, I feel like it'd be easier if it was like, oh yeah, I'm extroverted. Cool. I mean, I have a friend who's extroverted and when he's not around people, he gets depressed. Yeah. And then I have friends who are super introverted and like when they're around people, they get away from people because they live not around people, you know? So that's sure. easy. But for me, it's kind of like I got to figure out, you know, and over the years I've, I've, you know, done what you've done and or we're talking about. <clears throat> and like, you know, you learn yourself and you know, you know, okay, well, it's time to go sit by a fire by myself and smoke a stove yeah. or, hey, man, we need to like get the group together and go eat pancakes tomorrow morning or something like let's go hang out you know yeah absolutely. i don't know why pancakes yeah, so, is my go-to on an analogy but because it's a good go-to <laughs> so you know my wife makes fun of me sometimes you know when when i'm ready to be around people it's specific people and so i'm very specific about who i choose to be around and liven up and be you know have fun and, and allow myself to be my true self. Uh, so uh, my wife keeps a social calendar because I just refuse. It's, it's too stressful <laughs> for me. You know, if I had to schedule social events for us, we would never do anything. So knowing that about myself, I give her control over the social calendar. And uh, I'll ask for people by name. I'll say, hey, okay, we are gonna go downtown and have some drinks and have a good time eat a good dinner how about you invite you know person a and person b and let's go and um she'll make fun of me and say oh look at you mr introvert one people around you know <laughs> uh i know what i can handle and what i can't so and then the other thing is this i i speaking of wives that's mine calling me, and I forgot to mute my phone. That's all right. You better take it. Yeah, hang on. Hey, yep. babe. You're on the podcast? Yep, and now you are on the podcast. 
Hi, Brooke. I'll talk to you later. Are you heading home? Yeah. All right, be safe. I love you. She couldn't hear you, but she probably would have said hello back. <laughs> I'm sure. So, uh, I know that I have some good stuff to offer. You know, I I can contribute to a relationship. I can contribute in a healthy way, in a beneficial way. I can contribute to a conversation, to some fun times, to, to some jokes. Dude, I got so many crazy jokes in the back of my head. Like some clean, some completely inappropriate. Let's be you know, honest, most of them are probably inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> at least half of them. <laughs> so, you know, I just know that before any kind of social event, I have to make sure that my batteries are charged so I don't look like an asshole in front of the people that we're hanging out with. Yeah. You know, because there's been times where, you know, Jenna and I would be doing something with a big group of people and I'll just leave her and just go sit at the bar or go sit, you know, outside or something and run away, mm -hmm. you know, and that was extremely unhealthy and, uh, non-contributing to the, to the function. So I had to learn, you know, charge your batteries, your knucklehead before you got to do your social event. That way you're ready to be fun and have fun. And, um, be a be a person who's willing to, you know, have contact and be contacted. You know, so the things you learn. The things you learn. Otherwise, I'd be a hermit. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm kind of. I have my times of when you know need to be secluded, and yeah. then I got my times where I'm the life of the party. So oh yeah, good. baby. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. You know, and I think that Jesus had his moments as well, the same way, right? I mean, I mean, he had to. He would, he would be the, he would be the life of the party, and then Scripture says very plainly, he left, went up to the mountains to be alone, so that he can just pray. He wanted to be alone. It's not a crime, you know. A person can be balanced, and it's a very healthy thing. So that's true. However. I mean, getting to where I am now, it's definitely, and I'm not like, come to me, I have all the answers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, growing come up, me, I definitely, I, Twinkies. I definitely uh, alienated and made awkward times for people that I loved and cared about, you know, just because, like, I didn't yeah. know, I guess what I know now, you know, everyone says it, so. Now I'm saying it, but, you know, because, like, I look, I mean, just thinking about it now, I there was times where, you know, I was 20, 22, and I would just literally lock myself in my room and, like, shut my phone off and say, fuck everyone. Like, I just need to be alone because I've been around so many people for so many days now. It's like, oh, my God, I just need to just not do that anymore. But at the time, I didn't know that's what that was, you know? Sure. Yeah, it takes a lot of time just to get to know yourself. And uh, frankly, it takes time. I mean, boy, I'm 35 now. If I knew what I knew now in my early 20s, man, I would have made some drastically different decisions. Uh, 
and probably would have been able to save quite a few relationships that have cut loose. You know, uh, I've iced people for some very, very small reasons, mm. you know, growing up. Very small reasons, you know. Uh, but as you get older and you get a little bit more patience and get a little bit more understanding of who you are and what you absolutely need in order to feel uh, fulfilled or secure or significant, uh, once you learn those things, you're able to make better decisions and not be such an asswipe, you know? Yeah, I'm learning. For sure. <laughs> Well, they say that there's only two, there, there are two primary needs every individual needs, and that's security and significance. Hmm. You know, um, not to get too deep on the first podcast. I think we should get, I think it's time to get satisfyingly deep. Satisfyingly deep. deep. <laughs> that's a segment with some theme music right there. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to create should it be like bow, significance and security, man? Yeah. Some Marvin Gaye or Al Green. <laughs> uh, no, but significance and security, man. Everybody wants to feel significant, uh, that they matter, that they're important to someone else, you know, that they, you know, that they mean something to someone else. Like, somebody's going to miss you when you're gone. You know, somebody's going to be crushed when you leave, you know, that, that, that's significance, uh, in a very shallow description of what it is. Uh, and, and then security, you know, that you're not going to get walked out on. You're not going to be left. You're not going to be left alone. You're not going to be, uh, abandoned, um, that it, it doesn't matter what you do or say that there's somebody that's still going to want you. And, um, the important thing to to know the to come to that acceptance of is is the fact that those two things can only be one hundred percent fulfilled in Christ. They they can't be fulfilled in your mate, in your kid, in your job, uh, in anything like that. Only Jesus is willing and able to provide you significance and security. Um, despite your idiocy. So, once you learn that, I'm telling you, it's so revolutionary in your life. You, it, it will take care of all of the performance orientation problems that we have. It'll take care of all of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, reacting out of our insecurities and reacting out of our uh, our pride and all of that stuff. When you really get down to the root of your issues, you want to feel significant. You want to feel secure. You're only going to find that in Christ. I mean, come on. He died on the cross, shed his blood. That is greater than anybody you would ever know and what they would ever do for you. You know, so um, that's why your identity should be in Christ and not in your stuff. And that, my friend, is satisfyingly deep. <laughs> it was satisfying. All the rest of that stuff is hogwash. I truly believe it. Folks telling you you don't pray enough or you don't read enough, you don't study enough, you don't give your wife enough flowers, you don't work hard enough on your job, and you don't make enough money, and all this stuff, man. You got so much stuff in life that is pushing you down, telling you that you're not good enough. And then you got one person that's in your corner saying, 
hey, remember me, you believe in me, you love me, then you're good enough for me. You know, it goes a long way. Help a brother sleep at night. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, <clears throat> as you know, I'm I'm newly wed. I mean, we're uh, two months tomorrow, actually. Is that all? Yeah, but it feels so much longer in the best of ways. It seems. God, it feels so much longer than that. It really does. But anyway, I mean, like, dude, I've never been in a relationship where, and yeah, sure, we're only two months in, but everything you just said, pretty much, like, my wife, like, did you hear that Oops. wing? Yeah. That was my computer. I thought it was muted, Sorry, but you can edit it out. I was wrong. We'll have to edit a few things out. But <clears throat> anyway, the relationship I have with my wife is like crazy awesome in that I never thought that I would ever deserve or could have someone who would love me unconditionally. And even though it's only been two months, I mean, there's still been things that have happened where it's like, oh, God. She's probably going to, like, regret marrying me now. And, you know, she's seen a part of me now. And she's going to be like, screw this. You know, I'm out of here. But, like, it's just so crazy to see, like, and probably even in ways that she doesn't realize. But the grace that she has for me because she, like, genuinely cares and loves me. Like, above anything else, in my good, in my bad. And it's just so crazy like it's i mean one it's freaking awesome and yes, two it's just like oh my god like is this a part like it's like it's deepening my realization of how you know god and jesus and the holy spirit love mankind you know where it's like yeah i can say that i love you and you know i want to save you and i would lay my life down but when it comes down to like, hey, you did a fucked up thing today. But I'm still going to kiss you. I'm still going to hold you. I'm still going to love you. And you're still going to feel that at the end of the day, even though you fucked up. That is so revolutionary to me. And it's probably kind of simple, but like, I don't know. It's, it's really cool to be like living, you know, like living it out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's... Uh all that simple i think she deserves a lot of credit i think that both of you deserve a lot of credit and i hope that you uh, continue to give each other credit for that for the next you know 100 years amen the fact is is like we said earlier people suck you know and people are selfish and they're honorary and they're unruly and they can be evil um but, you know, one thing that I, I established early on with my wife is, is the fact that at the end of the day, I really don't want to hurt you. You know, I really don't want to offend you. It's, it's not really something that I want to do. You know, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to offend you. I'm going to get on your last dang on nerve. Uh, but it's not because I want to. It's not because I, I, I plan to. It just happens. Life happens. Um, and the only thing that, that helps us to be able to overcome those things is to be able to see each other through the eyes of love, the same way that Jesus sees us, you know, the same way the Father sees us. He sees us as he sees his son, you know, despite all of our crap 
when he looks at us, he still sees Jesus. So when I look at my wife, you know, I still see love. I see God. I see, you know, him putting us together and binding us together. Even though she gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> I think it's I think it's funny too. Stories. Like it's super easy to sit anywhere or stand or lay or do whatever you're doing and say like oh yeah people suck <clears throat> but like don't get me mixed up with that because like I'm a person like I'm people and I suck too you know huh. so I don't know man it's just <clears throat> the whole grace thing and love and unconditional stuff <clears throat> it's just crazy right now <laughs> Well, that's the way it should be, though. I mean, let's look at let's talk about the definition of grace. It's uh, getting what you don't mm -hmm. deserve, right? At the very point that you feel like you deserve something, you don't. It's just that simple. And so, the whole idea of grace, when it comes to God and His love for us, is the fact that we, while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly. It's just that simple. Romans chapter five, done. Like he sacrificed himself and gave up everything for people that rejected him, for ungodly people. He didn't die for the righteous, he died for the unrighteous. We suck. It's just that simple. I know you're talking about something super serious, but <laughs> I've had to mute myself several times. <laughs> Because the Belgians that I've had have been ridiculously loud. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Jesus, have you grace sure, and forgiveness. You sure it's just vodka soda? <laughs> <laughs> and you, Michael. And whoever's listening. Uh, oh, it's all good. I, I haven't heard of Belgian all Oh, long, man, so. I should just not even mute it anymore. It's all good, either way. But yeah, man, so, I mean... Grace is awesome, dude, and and the more you receive, the easier it is to give. You know, it's just that simple. Jesus, I feel like we're getting too preachy, man. We need to make it a little dirty now. All right, how dirty you want to get? You tell me. Well, I don't know. I've... You're only two months in in your marriage. I am. Uh, Almost three years into mine. So when did you get married? Like what month? It it was April. Oh, okay. Sorry, third anniversary is yeah. coming up. April of 2015. Well, early and congrats. Thank you, sir. So uh, we're thinking about going over to Traverse City and uh, just staying in a bed and breakfast somewhere on the you know in the peninsula where. There's a nice winery, and you get a chance to sample all the grapes mm -hmm. and drink wine all day and just walk around and visit all these wineries. And uh, when I pitched the idea, she wasn't all that excited about it. Even though she really wanted to go, i just not sure that it was the right timing for it. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's three years, you know, it's not like it's a milestone, like five or ten or fifteen, twenty, sixty, you know, whatever the case hey, may man. be. I can save the With money. The rate people are getting divorced. 
I mean, it's that's something to celebrate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think we live in Detroit, man. We live just outside of Detroit, and I'm just like, okay, fine. We can go downtown, dude, and whoop it up real good. Mm-hmm. You know, have some fun. There's so many different places to go. There's so many breweries to hit. You know, it's such an awesome nightlife now. Now that uh, Gilbert has come in town and it's shaking some stuff up, and you get all these new companies that are moving in, these new restaurants and bars that are just coming in. Then the nightlife is absolutely crazy. So I'm like, you know, hey, we can Uber down there and we can just celebrate all day long. Hell, we can take the day off on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And just so is she up, taking the day you know, off? Three years in. Is that no, like a we're not going to take the day off. Come on. I don't know. Maybe some people do it, but. Hey, man, I'm two months I in. Know, I don't know nothing about three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can choose to do whatever you sure. want to do, but I, uh, we decided today and said, you know, okay, let's just forget Traverse City. You you didn't seem all that excited about it anyway from the beginning. So let's just do something local, and then you know you can do whatever you got to do for work and blah blah blah. She calls me back and she says, "I do want to go to Traverse City. I don't want you to think that I don't want to go." And I said, "Well, I never said you didn't want to go. I said you didn't seem too excited about going. See, this is the kind of stupid stuff you fight about when you're three mm-hmm. years in. Semantics." You know, stupid stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it was like, okay, we're going to uh, just party it up in Detroit and uh, save Traverse City for another day. But all of that cool kind of stuff, you know, planning and, you know, saving up money to go do stupid stuff together. Dude, that is the secret to marriage, in my opinion. My three years of experience here. I would say that's the secret to marriage. Doing some crap together, some some shit together, it doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's whooping up downtown, going to Traverse City, going up north, bed and breakfast at, at uh, Niagara Falls, or visiting friends down in Podunk, Illinois. It doesn't matter. Podunk, hey. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. No, man, I hear you. I mean, like, last, last weekend, just kind of on a whim, uh... You know, Brooke was like, I think it was Thursday. She texts me. She's at work. She's like, hey, let's go to St. Louis this weekend. I was like, okay, but but okay. why? <laughs> like, anything special? Or she's like, no, let's just go. And I was like, hell yeah, let's just go. Sounds and we did. And, like, it was fun, you know? That's awesome, dude. I love it. That's the kind of stuff right there, those kind of memories that you make. Dude, you'll, you'll remember them forever. That's what you want. I mean, that and, you know. Vagina. I was, I was going to say, making sure you consummate every portion of the <laughs> Or everywhere you go. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, this is a new place. I mean, come on. Yeah. Ours. <laughs> Hell, the first year, it was nothing but, you know. You got to do what you got to do. And you do got to do it. <laughs> You got to do it, man. You got to do it. It's fun. Hey, man, especially, like, we got married at friggin' 31 years old. I mean, time's ticking. Is she the same age? Is she the same age? She's 31 as well? Uh, yeah, she's, uh, two months ahead of me. Well, two and a half. Okay. So, 
He's 32 at the moment, but not for long. Because I'll be 32 in April, so. I see. Okay. She's 32 now. She turned 32 in February. January, but January, January 29th. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have put you on the spot just in case you forgot. I didn't forget because I did forget before. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it'll never happen again. And that is love. Yeah, yeah. Also, I have an iPhone, so Apple iCalendar is awesome. Reminds you of everybody's birthday. Also, Facebook. I'm not on Facebook a whole lot for myself personally. Because I don't like Facebook, but I go on there regularly for work. Mm-hmm. Man, that joker tells you everything. People oh, yeah. I've even forgot I was friends with. It's like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah's birthday today. Wish them a happy birthday. Here's, mm-hmm. here's this collage we made for you. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't remember who this is. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I am not. My wife calls me social media literate because I just... I have a hard time, and and I feel like an old man. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like an old ass man because I go to her and I'm like, "How do I change my privacy settings again?" I get so many people trying to friend me on Facebook. (laughs) What's this chat snap thing? How do you work it? Dude, it gets overwhelming. It is crazy after a while. So, like I said, you know, I I just go on there just for my idiot friends to send me stupid videos over messenger like the monkey jacking off like the monkey jacking like that off. Yes, i mean people wouldn't see that uh, i guess yeah there was a whole lot of people that saw that because it was at a zoo and you had a bunch of kids around and you got families everywhere and the monkey just starts whacking it <laughs> he's going he's, hey, he's coming down a tree <laughs> yeah he's going he's ham. And I'm like, dude down. what are you doing <laughs> he did it right side up it's biology, Some other guys right? like rubbing the glass like it's his face. It was weird, dude. I'm telling you, if there's ever an argument for evolution, that would be it right there. The monkey oh, jacking yeah. off. Which I don't know why it's so, so. far fetched. So here's an interesting topic. I mean, all right, here we go down the dish. Let's yeah, go, baby. So okay, evolution, and then we have creationism, right? Because that's a thing. Yep. Obviously, God yep. spoke, and bang, it happened. I totally agree. It happened. However, after God spoke, and bang, it happened, why do we then rule out, okay, so evolution could not have happened from that point on? Dude, this is a very, very good argument, and there are a whole lot of Christian scientists that disagree with you. Well, maybe, I mean, that's their livelihood, so maybe that's, you know, maybe they're right, but I don't know. To me... Who doesn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. Just logically, it seems to make sense that this all-powerful being who was before anything else, and he spoke and shit happened. (laughs) From that point when shit happened, evolution could have happened. Why is that so wrong? Yeah, it's a good point. I'm also Uh, not saying I'm a fucking monkey. (laughs) Good, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think the the whole argument of science is very interesting. I uh, I grew up watching Bill Nye, the science guy, and he apparently is a huge atheist, huge evolutionist guy. And then you've got Ken Ham on the Christian side, uh, 
who they had a two and a half hour debate about creationism versus uh, evolution. Did mm-hmm. you see it? You did? No, no, I didn't. Sorry. Oh, you didn't? Oh, it would be a very, very good YouTube video to watch. It's two and a half hours long. They both had very good arguments. Both of them made a whole lot of sense. But in the end, you know what it came down to? Hmm. What do you believe? (laughs) That's what it came down to. It came down to faith. Either you have it or you don't. Because both arguments require faith in order to have their validity. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes in line with like, I, <clears throat> for a long time, I never, uh, I mean, I grew up, you know, in a Christian home, so atheists were kind of like, well, you're stupid because obviously the Bible's true, you know, which is like everyone's argument sure. for their faith in anything. It is. But it is. I did hear something uh, several years ago about how atheists have more faith than Christians to believe in absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's uh Fantastic. And when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, stupid people, because obviously we have the truth and you don't even know it. Like, you're so stupid, you can't even see it, you know? Like a little freaking sure. adolescent bitch hormoning out. <clears throat> but, yeah. I mean, years later, I mean, I kind of see the point, but it's kind of like, Meh. Yeah. Well, you, you know, the... <laughs> To be honest with you, the thing that I struggle with the most uh, when it comes down to all of those arguments is, uh, believe it or not, Noah's Ark. That's the one thing, huh? Yeah, that's the one thing that trips me up all the time. Because hmm. I'm, I'm good with a whole lot of stuff that's in the Bible, man. Everything. But Noah's I mean, Ark, it man, it's it just... Like, what, is, what, what about it? Well, so Ken Ham, he's the creator of creation uh museum and i believe it's in kentucky not far from you guys we should yeah where the ark is meet up there sometime yeah yeah so the ark you know it, it's it's not very big you know and, and it's to full scale off the bible metrics mm-hmm. if you will which side note i, I always thought it'd be cool from like the i don't know from like my high school years on i always thought it'd be cool to like make the bible times happen in real life like visually so i always yeah, thought it'd be cool to it. like build the ark like to spec <laughs> you know yeah and he, he did it it took him about five years but he did well, it. so here's the funny part about it is though like so <clears throat> brooke and i went to savannah on our honeymoon and we were gonna go to florida but we didn't which is fine because i'm from there and who cares anyway but yeah on our way back, Savannah's we saw beautiful. signs for, like, the Ark, you know? So I'm, like, Googling it because I'm, like, oh, man, that would be so cool. Like, I wonder if there's a fee. Probably not because why would you charge for it? Dude, it was, like, 30 bucks to get in, or maybe it was even 40 to, like, go walk through yeah. this thing. And I'm, like, all right, hand clap for that fucking oh, yeah. asshole. Like, why would you do that? Got to give it up. Got to give it up. Get out. Dude. Isn't that crazy? I swear to I swear to God I hit mute. Why does it keep unmuting? Commercialism, man. Even with freaking sure. religion. Like if I like cause I've wanted to build an arc, right? Like I thought it'd be like so cool to do. I wouldn't charge yeah. people to come see it. I mean the whole oh, idea no. would be like educate and like, hey, check this shit out. Like let's have 
conversation about the thing. I don't know. It would just be like, I don't know what it would be like, but <clears throat> I highly doubt I would charge like it's fucking Disneyland. Well, so so here's my problem, bro. Uh, there are houses that I drive by that are larger than they huh. are. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I've I've seen homes bigger than the Ark, and uh, and and that supposedly carried all of the land animals uh, of the Earth. I just have a hard time. Here's where evolution comes into play, though. What if there was only a certain amount of species, and from that evolution took over? Nah, boy. And now there's more. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, then the other thing for me is that uh, they're in just about every religion of the world, they have a flood story. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of makes the whole Noah's Ark story valid. And the fact that you you have a a lot of marine fossils all over the mountains, which is which indicates a, a worldwide flood. Um. You know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. You you get the Grand Canyon that has been completely carved out by water. That's an indication of a worldwide flood. You have all of these things to support a worldwide flood. But how in the world did he get millions of animals on a boat that was roughly 500 feet long? It, maybe it's just the engineer in me. It's It's just the whole mathematician. I love math. I love science. And I just can't fathom how he did it. But it's in the Bible. And we're supposed to believe it. Well, I mean, that could be said with anything. I mean, <clears throat> how did, you know, Moses stick his staff in the freaking ground in the sea split? And how did Jesus turn water into wine instantly? And how did freaking Mary birth a kid without having sex, supposedly? You know, like... Yeah, and you know what? I'm good with all of that. Huh. It's just the ark. <laughs> it's the ark, man. The ark is messing me up, That's dude. So crazy, it's messed dude. me up for years. <laughs> the ark has messed me up for... You know what? Uh, uh, another one that tripped people up. It tripped me up. You know, uh, Jonah getting swallowed by the mm. whale. But the Bible doesn't say it was a whale. It just says it was a great right. fish. I had struggled with that for a while because I'm thinking like, okay, biology in our stomachs, we all have acids that break down meats and bone or whatever the case may be. And he was in there for three days and, and got spit out without any harm to him at all. Bro, I right? don't know why <clears throat> I don't know why that one would like plague you though, because it's so simple. It it is simple. And I'm over it. Like Nessie, bro, the Loch Ness fucking monster. <laughs> no one's ever seen it. But the whole road believes I mean, certain in people it. have. Yeah. Or Sasquatch. I mean, now we're just getting crazy. Or, or the mermaids. Mermaids are real. <laughs> oh, my God. You almost made me spit on my beer. <laughs> Every right. time I go to Starbucks, <laughs> I see one. So... Prime Minister of Israel said he'd pay a million dollars to anybody that can give him proof that mermaids exist. Yeah, because you know he knows it can't happen. <laughs> he 
he's uh, absolutely obsessed with the idea of mermaids because there were there was a video of a mermaid not too far from the coast of Israel. I don't know. Somebody fact checked me on that one, but I, I remember a video coming out, and I remember the whole documentary on mermaids, and then uh, the prime minister of Israel or the whatever he's called was on there saying, "Hey, a million a million francs." Whatever it was. To anybody that can approve uh, mermaids were real. Here's the thing, though. Okay. If we had to compare, like, sea monsters and sea life to, like, possibly existing, but we have no freaking clue, versus, like, Bigfoot, I would seem to think I would put my money on sea creatures and, like, sea life because I don't see how something could exist that no one's actually caught proof of that's, like, solidified not like this blurry picture or this like a, like a retold story from years ago or you know what i'm saying some like blurry ass video that's shot like 300 feet away i'm talking like oh my god this is bigfoot here he is i took a selfie with the thing <laughs> you know like i don't see how that could exist in like on land you know what i'm saying yeah but when sure. it comes to the sea, I mean, there's places we haven't even, like, been able to get down to. So, yeah. like, I'm not saying mermaids are real or they're not. I honestly don't care. I'm going to sleep fine tonight not knowing that answer. However, I would seem to think there might be some more validity or mystery, at least, to the fact that we haven't, like, we've gone to the moon. We've shot freaking uh, satellites across to, like... <laughs> the galaxy <laughs> and yet we don't even know the own depths of our own ocean isn't that crazy sure. no i agree i agree i i think that uh for me you know I, I am deathly afraid of the ocean uh i don't i don't too much care to uh go swimming in the ocean but ever. why is that i'm sorry i know that offends a lot of floridians but uh for me <clears throat> a shark is about the one of the scariest things in the world to me. So, uh, I agree. There are depths of the ocean that we have only just begun to try and explore. I mean, just the fact that the deeper you go, the more pressure there is against your body. Like, you can't breathe. Are we still talking about... What are we talking about now? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to bring it around full circle back to Sasquatch, oh, yeah? bro. <laughs> so I'm totally fine with realizing that there might be mermaids, or and Jenna makes fun of me about this all the time. You know, maybe there's Neptune down there, or whatever the the god of the sea was. Yeah. What was his name? Rithius. I don't remember. Aquarius? Prometheus. Sounds familiar, but I don't know. Prometheus? Aqua. What is it? Sure. I don't know, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So there, there very well could be Aquaman. Hell, it took them 100 years to find uh, Titanic, right? Whatever it was. Anyway, just like there are unexplored portions of the sea, there are unexplored portions on land as well, which is why I don't completely, you know, uh, ex-nay the whole thought. There are parts of... Uh, of the world that are so heavily forested that no one has ever penetrated them 
They, they are still uh, discovering new tribes of people that they didn't know existed. Yeah, I guess. There's a new species of orangutan that was just discovered a few years ago. Is that the one jacking off in the zoo? <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> uh, but th this last one was found in Indonesia. Huh. So uh, They're constantly finding new primates. So you never know. <clears throat> you never do, I suppose. You never know. I just feel like the ocean is like super... You know, it's way more mysterious than like walking around on land. Yeah, well, maybe you need to go camping with me up here in Michigan. That's probably where <laughs> Bigfoot lives. It's pretty. He's thick chilling up in Michigan, here, man. loving life. I don't know, dude. I, I've been camping in some areas that was just so squashy. <laughs> it, it, it's terrible. It's terrifying. There's times where I don't sleep at night camping because of so many noises and stuff that I've never heard before in my life. It's just creeping around out there outside my tent. You know, it is what it is. You can claim the blood of Jesus all you want, but uh, if a black bear in northern Michigan comes to your tent, <laughs> oh boy, you better be praying the rosary, brother. <laughs> Hear that. Those jokers don't play. I mean, but, they do. I don't but... know. They also kill you when they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the first time I went camping? No, but I bet it was intense. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the first time... Actually, no, it wasn't camping. Well, kind of camping. It was my first time going hunting. My parents got freaked out. You know, hey, their son is... First uh, off, I didn't up. know He's black men hunted. Yeah, neither did they. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'd buy, I'd buy a, a 12 gauge Mossberg 500, it's a beautiful gun, and uh, I'm going hunting for the first time. And I'm going up north, up to, uh, actually it wasn't that far up north, I was going to actually west to uh, Battle Creek. And uh, my, my parents bought me a GPS that uh, basically, satellite, GPS, but what was special about it, it was a new, it was a brand new Garmin. What was special about it is that it gave you all the trails. And so you could park your truck. I had, I had a truck at the time. You could park your truck, set the GPS to that coordinate. And no matter where you go, you could always find your way back to that coordinate. Hmm. They were so freaked out about me, you know, getting killed out there in the woods, being the only black person they know hunting in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so rightfully so. <laughs> they, were, uh, they were like, okay, here we go. We got to make sure you get home safe. Take this Garmin, this this very expensive uh, GPS unit here, and uh, get home safe. So, yeah, they were freaked out. And I still, to this day, I, I coined the phrase on that day, and I still hold it today. I am the Black Daniel Boone. Bro, I, I think they wanted you to get back so they could, like, be famous and rich off putting you in, like, the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> no. No, black people hunt, believe it or not. They do. A lot of black yeah, people Yeah, for hunt. TVs and cars and... <laughs> <laughs> Sales, promotions, I'm no. Kidding. I'm um, probably going to have Growing up... Now, so. Oh, it's all right. 
my uh my uncle from either North North Carolina or South Carolina, I can't remember which one. Uh he said that growing up, uh they would him and his brother would have to go hunt for dinner. And uh, what they would the, their dad would give them each one bullet for their twenty twos and they had to go out and get dinner. Huh. It's hardcore. And with the with a twenty two you're either getting rabbit or squirrel. You know. So you going out there, you get yourself a rabbit or a squirrel, make it for dinner. And that's how he grew up hunting. Hmm. So I love it. I love being out in the woods. I love all the sounds. I even love getting scared at night in my tent. You know, when one of my asshole friends walks by and shakes my tent <laughs> or or pees outside the tent door for me. It's all good. It's all fun. I love it. Good times. Had by all. I was going to say that, but you you took it from me, so. Well, my friend, I need to pee. Yeah, let's wrap it up, brother. I've been holding it for about 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And your wife is home. Let's not forget that fact. But it's quite honestly more so that I need to pee. I believe you. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, wrapping it up. Episode number one. In the books. We're going to title this uh, something interesting. We need to come up with a name. I don't know. Now we got some music. I like the music. The music is dope. No doubt and about it. And that's 100% it. created by me, so there's no copyright on that. Dude, I've got to see how you did that, because it's just awesome. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, that's what she said. Hey, yo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unchurched Podcast. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at UnchurchPod and check out our website, unchurchpodcast.wordpress.com. Peace.